Welcome to Full Potential, Thriving with Autism. I'm your host, Sarah Antonato. This podcast teaches parents of children with autism to support their kids in reaching their full potential so that they can thrive and not let stereotypes define them. By looking at a variety of topics, such as health, advocacy, and spirituality, my mission is to end suffering amongst these parents by giving them the tools to heal themselves, which in turn empowers them to be bold advocates for their children. By gaining the confidence needed to do so, these parents stop being the victims of a broken system and instead succeed in providing their unique children with exactly what they need to thrive and share their own gifts with the world. One by one, these families now change the world through autism instead of being victimized by it. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome. Thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast episode where we're looking into a communication tool that's highly effective that you've probably never even heard of. And this tool is incredibly powerful for people who are non-speaking, sometimes called non-verbal, but not just that population. It is highly effective for people on the autism spectrum. It is highly effective for people who are neurodiverse. They may not have autism, but they might present with intense ADHD tendencies or really intense sensory challenges. And this is called rapid prompt method. RPM is the abbreviation. It has been a tool that came into my life years ago. And I'm going to tell you my personal journey with it in a moment. But first... I wanted to share with you the exact definition because it's one of the best definitions I've ever heard of because it empowers this population of unique individuals and it helps them show their brilliance. So rapid prompt method is a method to empower the learner with the best possible means to express thoughts, understanding, reasoning, and learning at that instant of learning. And it's done, if you were to watch it, using a letter board, which is basically a lamination of the alphabet. And it allows the learner to spell out his or her, not just needs, but thoughts, feelings, desires, etc. The beauty of this method is, to me, a lot like yoga in that it can be adapted for the ability of the learner. So let's say your child is in preschool and he or she might know the alphabet, but they certainly don't know how to spell yet. It doesn't matter. You can break down lessons with rapid prompt method to suit the individual. And you might have a child who's an adult and can spell beautifully, but can't communicate verbally. This method is perfect for him or her because If your child uses an AAC device or any type of device used to talk for them or communicate for them, my son does as well, those can be immensely powerful tools. They're not bad, but very often they're focused around helping the individual fulfill a need, saying, mom, I'm hungry, mom, I need to go to the bathroom, or something very specific around a need that needs to be met. They are less effective with helping someone communicate feelings or let's say an option that's not on the board for the device itself. For example, on my son's device, 
many foods that he eats on a daily basis are in his food folder. So if he wanted something, he could use his device to say, mom, may I please have a sandwich? But if we wanted to try a new restaurant and go get Indian food and he wanted to get a tikka masala dish, that's not on his device. He would have to try his best to point to that or somehow gesture to me what he wanted. And the beauty of rapid prompt is that every question is open-ended. Once the individual is used to using the board how to spell and express his or herself, the options of what he or she wants to say are endless. So you can have a much richer conversation that allows someone who may not be able to speak verbally express themselves brilliantly with no limitations at all. But my favorite part of the definition of rapid prompt is when we talk about empowering the learner with the best possible means to express thoughts, understanding, reasoning, and learning at the instant of learning. This is incredibly important because, as you may know, if you have a child with unique needs, sometimes he or she is really focused, other times very distracted. Sometimes he or she seems very calm. Other times, they have a lot of sensory needs that need to be fulfilled. Maybe your child likes to chew on a piece of gum or some type of of toy that helps give them that input in their jaw. They might want to hold something that vibrates for the sensory and tactile piece. He or she might need to move their body rather than sit in a chair when they're learning. So rapid prompt is phenomenal because Unlike a school setting that's not familiar with sensory needs, it allows the therapist or the practitioner to be prepared and help the student fulfill what is needed in the sensory area so that he or she can learn in that moment. There are ways to identify when your child is fatigued in a sensory way, like visually fatigued, for example. They can no longer focus on something with their eyes or fatigued in the auditory sense. If you've ever, and I do this all the time, been driving your car and are looking for a parking spot and find yourself turning down the radio. I see memes about that on the internet all the time. It's because when you're having a hard time focusing, when you're having a hard time concentrating, the auditory stimulation is the first thing that needs to be toned down in order for you to focus and motor plan. So you're not hallucinating if you turn down the radio in the car when you have to find a parking spot and your kids make fun of you. Your auditory senses need to calm down. They are fatigued in that moment. So rapid prompt takes all of this into account so that we can empower the learner. And I love this because so often kids who might even have a minor learning disability are labeled as maybe bad students because they can't sit still or they can't finish the test in time or they're given a testing structure that may not take into account that they're being visually overstimulated or that there's no tactile fulfillment for them in that moment. And this is why I think rapid prompt is so effective. It can be individualized and we're all different. There's no right way of learning. Before I go further into what rapid prompt is, how I found it, and how it's helping my child, 
I'm also a recent certified practitioner myself now. I want to share about Soma Mukobadier, the founder of Rapid Prompt, who is also a mother to a wonderful young man named Tito, who is on the autism spectrum and who, when was he was a child, was not speaking. Tito has since graduated from college. He has published books. He's an adult now. And he is incredibly successful in thriving in his life. And if you're a mom, you know that moms are the glue of the family. Dads are too. But having a parent who empowers a child, even though they're unique, even though they might face obstacles, is the best insurance for success, for thriving in life. Soma actually homeschooled her son, Tito, until she left India in 2001. And when she was teaching him on her own, she had a background in education. She was teaching him how to type, how to spell. And since speech communication was not easy for him, she really put a heavy focus on his ability to spell and process in different ways. Through working with her own son, she developed Rapid Prompt Method. Her son's journey was considered to be so successful that by age 11, he published his first book. He was profiled on BBC News. He published his work through Autism Cure Autism Now Foundation and the National Autistic Society in the UK. She's been featured on 60 Minutes. And when I first saw Soma myself, I had been hearing about Rapid Prompt from a doctor who I trust and other specialists too for years. However, the practitioners were few and far between. There were hardly any in Long Island where I lived. And the ones I did hear of were totally booked. They had no space to take my son. It just so happened that in 2017, Soma herself was giving a workshop in Long Island and people were invited to observe. So I went, it was a beautiful day, hot in September, and I sent my family to the beach and I drove into this conference center, not sure what I was going to witness. I sat in the audience, I recognized a few practitioners who worked with my son who were there as well, speech therapists and whatnot. And I watched Soma work with people of all ages, teaching them how to communicate. And I was blown away by what I saw. Most so when an adult came in who appeared to be very withdrawn, which is a commonly used term when people try to describe someone on the autism spectrum who seems to not be interested in socializing. This individual was a non-speaker. He was able to say some words. He was not able to communicate clearly. He was in his 40s. His parents had driven him. And I thought, this is going to be really interesting. I have no idea what she's going to do with this individual, but I'm excited to see it. And this man sat down. Soma passed him the letter board. She'd worked with him before. And she said, hey, so-and-so, how's your day today? And he wrote back, I'm great. And she said, what did you do this morning? He wrote back, I read the news. And she said, oh, well, what did you read on the news? And he proceeded to spell out and have a conversation with her about Elon Musk, the stock market, Tesla, 
the economy, and I sat there with my jaw on the floor. And I thought, shame on me for judging the brilliance of this man and assuming his capabilities would be a certain way when I really know nothing about him. I know nothing about what's in his brain. And I knew in that moment I was meant to do this type of work for my son. I continued to look for a practitioner for the next four years. Could not find one. The pandemic happened, of course. And recently, about six months ago, I decided now's the time. I'm not waiting anymore. If I can't find someone to work with my child, I'm going to do this myself. And that's exactly what happened. I enrolled in the Rapid Prompt certification program. I've completed it. I have tested out and I'm working with Rapid Prompt with my son and I'm about to open up spots to work with other families as well. Because what I have seen in the education world is that even the best teachers, the best administrators are still bound by the standards of the education system itself and what works for them. Many of them are outdated. Many of them are underfunded. And many of them are so stuck in their ways that they're not particularly great at trying new techniques. And Rapid Prompt is fairly new. So it is present in some school settings, not where I live. But I decided I didn't want to wait for school to provide this means to communicate for my child. They're wonderful at providing other things. I'm incredibly lucky. Not lucky because I've advocated for it and I've worked for it, but I'm incredibly thankful that my child has a positive, empowering educational experience with a lot of social support and a lot of community and trust. And still, I knew he was capable of more. So I embarked on a rapid prompt journey with him on my own a couple months ago, and I'm astounded by what I'm seeing. I also want to add that my son just turned 12, and while he's a phenomenal reader and has been reading since he was young, spelling output is fairly new for him beyond three-letter words in school. Writing is challenging for him, personally. Typing is easier, but the letter board is really gratifying for him, so I want to point out that while he understands everything I say, we're now working on him spelling four-letter words, five-letter words on his own. And I share this with you because he's not at a place yet where he can easily spell out, hey, mom, I didn't like what you cooked for dinner last night. Could we try something different today? I'd like this. But we're on the way there. And the key is to keep at it just like brushing your teeth. Rapid Prompt, as I said before, empowers the student and gives them the confidence and means to make decisions and boost their confidence, to express themselves. It also is a wonderful means of showing them that it's okay to make a mistake. How many words do you spell incorrectly on a daily basis? I certainly am a good speller. I'm not perfect. My husband's a terrible speller. But This is important because so many therapies for children with autism especially are focused on compliance, forced compliance even, doing things right. And Rapid Prompt is wonderful because it shows kids it's okay to fail. It's okay not to spell words right. And sometimes kids come in and they're so scared to spell a word incorrectly that they won't do it at all. And it's a beautiful opportunity to talk to them 
in an age-appropriate way about failing and making mistakes. And I tell my son all the time, Steve Jobs failed many times before he became successful. I fail all the time. It's okay. The point is to try and give them the empowerment to try something new and to express themselves. Rapid prompt also takes into account visual, auditory, tactile, and kinesthetic sensory needs, identifying when someone's tolerance needs to be built up in order for them to communicate, identifying how they might have challenges in one area compared to the other. For example, if you place a test in front of a student that involves reading comprehension, and there's a paragraph on the page that they have to read, I can tell you straight out that many kids can read that paragraph and comprehend it beautifully. But if the type is really small and the font is not easy to read and there are tons of other instructions on the page and there are questions listed close together below, that child's probably going to become visually overstimulated and check out. In many instances, people would assume that that individual can't read or can't do the work or can't learn when in actuality, the material is not the problem. The presentation of the material is the problem. Something I love about Rapid Prompt as well is that it always presumes competence. And I've talked about this on previous episodes. The practitioner always assumes the individual is capable of learning, capable of understanding something new. He or she may not know it yet. So the beauty of this is that it puts the onus on the practitioner. How can you investigate and see what the individual needs to learn successfully? But we always assume they can learn and are capable of doing so. We also always speak to the individual in a respectful, age-appropriate manner. That's conversational and thoughtful and uplifts the individual. This is so important because I see time and again people on the spectrum in particular, but also people with various kinds of learning challenges or disabilities being treated younger than they are. I spoke with a behaviorist who worked in an adult setting with disabled adults who had cerebral palsy and whatnot, and she said, I cannot tell you, she used the word babify, why people always babify adults or make them younger than they are. It's beyond me. I've worked with so many adults and they may not be able to express themselves or present themselves in a way that seems normal. We'll put air quotes around normal. But it doesn't mean they don't get it. And I love rapid prompt for this reason. And sometimes I'll even say to my son, if I notice someone talks to him, assuming that he doesn't understand them or talks about him in front of him, I just try to make light of it and say, honey, isn't it funny that they just don't understand that you get that or that, you know, you're 12, you don't watch Paw Patrol or, or, you know, things like that. So I do that and I've been encouraged to do that by the Rapid Prompt community so that my child feels empowered, knows how smart he is, knows what he's capable of, knows that he is worthy and deserving of all the joyful attention and praise any 12-year-old would get in an age-appropriate way. I am training him to see himself 
as a valuable, worthwhile member of society. And in even the best school settings or social settings, sometimes it is discouraged. And through rapid prompt, through allowing my child and other individuals to demonstrate what really is going on in their brains, it empowers me to go back to his school or his therapist and say, hey, do you want to see a video of what Rocco and I talked about? And show them, oh, wow, there's so much more in his brain than I ever knew about. And to me, that's the end game. Now, rapid prompt itself has four goals as a teaching method. The first is education, teaching your child about something new. I'll give you an example. My son loves art and museums. It's beautiful to watch him in a proper art museum. And he's got some staying power more than most adults. We recently did a lesson plan. Rapid prompt requires thoughtful planning on the part of the practitioner around cubism, the art movement. And we talked about it in detail with the artists who were involved in it. We looked at some of the paintings that we've seen together in person previously. We talked about what he liked, what he didn't like. We talked about what started the Cubist movement, what ended the Cubist movement, and what those milestones were in history. He's 12. He's on the spectrum. And yet he was learning about something that was interesting to him, empowering to him, and fun for us to talk about together. Some of it he already knew. Like I said, he'd seen some of those paintings in person. Some of it was new, like discussing World War I as an endpoint for this art movement and talking about what a war is and talking about how that was 100 years ago. Let's look at dates and look at maps about the war. And it opened up such a beautiful conversation between us that, quite honestly, many people who don't know him that well would be shocked by So education is the first goal of RPM. The second is skill, getting motor pathways to become purposeful, motor planning. So a simple motor planning example with rapid prompt would be pointing to a letter. The word art, does that start with A or B, for example, and letting a child point? Some kids with fine motor challenges might have a hard time doing that. That itself is a skill, spelling a word is a skill. Using numbers and doing math, which we do in rapid prompt as well, is a skill. So looking at skills as a goal of every single lesson is crucial. Depending on an individual's needs, skills might involve a more tactile piece as well. Let's say you were talking about art and you could tell that you're a child or student had some strong tactile needs. Well, you might involve painting or holding a brush or finger painting or modeling clay and making something, properly creating something as part of a skill as well. Of course, communication is one of the strongest goals of Rapid Prompt. And this is done by creating a teach and ask loop between the teacher and the learner. So like I said, I gave the example of teaching my son about the cubist movement. So we talked about a component for a while, and then I would ask him some questions about it. And that's where the spelling piece comes in. So you develop a pattern. It's almost like a dance 
My student knows that pressure is not on them the whole time because at some point I'm going to teach and then they're going to get curious and ask or demonstrate what they know. And the beauty of this too is that it leaves space for reasoning. Kids can think for themselves. People on the spectrum can think for themselves. In my involvement with yoga for people on the spectrum with Vanessa Callen, who owns a wonderful school on the West Coast for people on the spectrum, she's brought up the point so many times that special needs kids of all kinds are constantly being told what to do. Very rarely do people ask them, hey, what do you feel like doing today? And she uses yoga as a space for them to decide for themselves, oh, hey, I want to do this pose. I want to do this breathing technique. And if you observe others around someone on the spectrum, they're always telling someone what to do. They're telling them when to eat lunch, when to go to the bathroom, when to play with puzzles, when to go outside. And these individuals don't often have the opportunity to say, hey, that's not what I would like right now. Or can I try this first instead? And we want them to feel confident expressing their opinions. If my daughter, who's 10 and neurotypical, didn't want to eat Brussels sprouts for dinner, believe me, she would let me know. And it's important that all individuals, regardless of their labels, their diagnoses, have the opportunity to do this. It's our job to give them the tools. The last goal of RPM is tolerance and specifically increasing an individual's tolerance for visual stimulus, auditory stimulus, tactile and kinesthetic as well, increasing their ability to absorb information, increasing their ability to focus and feel regulated with their sensory needs. Now, my disclaimer for rapid prompt is going to be the same as many disclaimers you've probably heard around gluten and dairy-free diets and different kinds of vitamins and who knows what else, different therapies people are doing for people on the spectrum in that studies have shown there's no conclusive data for the effectiveness of this technique. And yet, tons and tons of parents, you can look it up on YouTube, you can search the internet, are having a positive response with their child using rapid prompt. I always say, just try it and see for yourself. You can look up a practitioner near you. I only work in person for now, so I'm serving the Long Island community at the moment. But people who work with advanced spellers do work virtually as well. So don't be discouraged if you're not able to find someone in person near you. It's worth searching around and inquiring about virtual work as well. And like anything else in life, you won't know until you try. If it's for your child, you won't know until you give it a chance and see what it's like. I'm sharing it with you today because I've seen very powerful results, both as a parent and also as a practitioner. And when I find something that clicks for my child, I feel an obligation to share it with others because I want your child to thrive. I don't want it to just be my child who's lifted up. I want all families to be lifted up and supported. If this is something that 
you want to do, you live in the Long Island or tri-state area, send me an email, sarah at sarahintonato.com. I'm taking a limited number of clients in person now. If you need support along the way and you don't know where to start, send me that email anyway. Even if you're halfway around the world, let's talk. Let's have a conversation. Let's support each other. I'm here to lift you up. And I know that it can be intimidating thinking about adding another thing to your child's routine, to your routine. But this could be the most powerful thing you've done. So have an open mind. Give it a whirl. And please reach out if you need support along the way. You're not meant to do this journey of life alone. You've got this and I've got you. Thank you so much for listening today. Have a wonderful day. Namaste. If today's show resonated with you, please leave a review through your favorite podcast provider as it's an important step in allowing new listeners to find us when they need to hear this message in their own lives.